And we are back with a second edition of the history of the Miami University women's swimming and diving team. Uh, this segment's going to be, you know, from two awesome individuals that were on the team from the late 70s and early 80s. Uh, with us today is Kristen Tuttle and Teresa Sullivan. So, you know, why don't one of you go and introduce yourself and your time in Miami and all that fun stuff. I'll go first. Um, I grew up in Fairfield, Ohio, and then I went to Miami. I was at Miami from 1976 to 1980. Um, I swam for the Fairfield Y, and actually my first year at Miami, I didn't go to Miami. I went to Miami Hamilton. So I went to the branch campus because I just lived down the road and thought I would go there. So for me to swim on the team, I, I wrote a letter to the coach and asked if I could swim. And he responded and said he'd check it out and checked with uh, Elaine Heeper. And she was the AD. And she said, well, there was no rules against it. So I would drive back and forth to practice. And um, as I got to know people, I would spend the night like on a Monday or a Sunday night so that I would be there for Monday morning practices. So I would start sleeping in other people's dorms so that I could get to morning practice. And then I'd rush back to, pra to campus in Hamilton to go to classes and then I'd drive back up to Oxford. Um, so I did that my first year and then the, the next three years I was on campus. Very cool, very cool. My name's Kristen Reindress Tuttle and I am from Birmingham, Michigan. I started at Miami in 1978 through 1982, I swam all four years. Um, I swam mostly short distance, freestyle 100 to 50, did a little bit of 200, did a little bit of butterfly, basically wherever they needed somebody, <laughs> you swam. Um, and um, yeah, I, I didn't know anything about Miami um, other than I, I thought it was near Toledo because I saw a Miami Road exit off of I-75. So when we went to visit the school, I kept wondering my, why my dad was driving further and further and further. So, but once I got to campus, it was just beautiful, so. Yeah, I mean, we are very lucky to have such a beautiful campus that we have here in you know, small town Oxford, Ohio, especially right now being the fall, it's the leaves changing. And I could definitely say it's everyone's favorite time to be on campus for sure. Yeah. I still live, I just live like 13, 15 minutes away. So we're just outside of Oxford and my kids went to Talawanda. I married, my husband went to Talawanda. So he was from Oxford. Um, so we get up to Oxford a lot. It is a beautiful campus right now. I mean, it's beautiful all the time, but the leaves are just gorgeous. So. Absolutely, it is, it, we are so lucky to have all that mm -hmm. in Oxford. Uh, so kind of my, my first question tonight is uh, what were the challenges that maybe y'all faced being a, a, you know, a, a woman athlete in that, in that time frame, the late seventies, early eighties? I think the hardest part, Teresa, you probably know, cause you were there two more years before I got there was that we weren't equal to the men's team. So we didn't have the same facilities. I think we had equal coaching um, but it was mostly the facilities, the practice facilities. So we would swim in Phillips as our practices. And then we'd have to go to Billings for our meets. 
And it was a holy, a whole different pool, the lighting, the gutter system. And so even at our home meets, we were really a visitor. So we never really had the advantage of the home meet, you know, and so you would bring your, your swimsuit and all your gear from Phillips to Billings. You know, it wasn't like a home advantage at that time. And, and Kristen, you might remember, I thought the walls were so different um, for flip turns. And, and you'd have to really get used to that in warm-ups that you were, you know, the turns and billings. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the facility was one thing I noted. Um, four lanes, we practiced in four lanes. And sometimes there would be so many people swimming in practice that you would be right on the feet of the person in front of you. Yeah. And then you would hit hands sometimes as you were going, you know, back and forth. But when you would start, they would be finishing if you were, you know, the circle would be. Yeah, because you only had four lanes. Yeah. And then you had divers diving in between. Right. Too. So you, right. You, <laughs> well, and, and then too, I was, I, I was, as I was thinking back on it, I thought how, like, weight training, we had to go over to Billings and use the universal, but we had to do it when the men weren't using it. Right. Um, and so that was kind of an odd time that we had to figure that all out. And, and some of even the equipment, we, um, I remember with Gray, we went and got those um, medical stretch bands. We made our own resistance, you know, uh, bands that we used. And, and he even made, um, he got the plexiglass. I don't know if you were there then or not, Kristen, but the, the plexiglass, we made our own paddles. Yeah, the yeah. You put on your hands. Yeah, yeah. We, we made those, and we sat one time and put them together and tied the knots right. and all that stuff. And so, you know, and and I think too. I don't know if I'm got this right, but I thought we bought our own suits. Well, we did for I think, um, but we for regular meets. But then we had those. I can't even remember the brand, but they snapped up at the top. Oh, okay. uh, for like MAC championship, but what my kids think is just um, rather gross is we turned them in at the end of the season. Yeah. <laughs> we shared the same suits. <laughs> They're like, you didn't have your own bathing suit? I'm like, I don't think we did. Yeah. I think we had to turn them in. Um, yeah. Those and were I the big differences. I, I don't know as far as like the men, I don't know how, like when they would travel how they traveled. I mean, I know we took vans and, you know, sometimes, and, and I don't know, I want to say we got $2 or $3 for a meal. If we had to eat somewhere, it was, you know, they'd try to find a buffet so we could go in and get, you know, enough Quick. food for the little bit amount that we had. Yeah. Um, and I remember the seniors would get to drive, like sometimes we'd have like a station wagon. Mm -hmm. So the seniors would drive the team. So this, you know, you're like, okay, who's, who's car do you want to be in? <laughs> I don't think they do that anymore. No, I don't think we they would do go that. to, motor, the, to uh, what is it called? Motor pool, the university motor pool and get a, get either a van or a station wagon to go on our away meets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't have seniors necessarily driving, you know, station wagons uh, to meets these days, but no, uh, the coaching staff, you know, we definitely choose a meter two to kind of, you know, drive vans to meets. I know last year, actually just January of this year, we drove the Bowling Green. It was a women's only meet. And we did that just for team bonding, you know, on a bus and, you know, you're out, you're not talking on a van, you're kind of forced to, you know, talk to the person you're sitting next to. So we encouraged that. And I think, yeah. you know, 
went to Bowling Green. It was a very successful meet, came back, and I think all in all, it was a great, great day for the team, for sure. Well, and also, you know, when we were in the bands, we had AM radio. <laughs> I don't think the Walkman was even invented yet, so there was no headphones being used. <laughs> we had to talk to one another. I forgot all about that. <laughs> <laughs> And the driver got to control the AM radio station. That's true. That is true. Drive. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so how would you say, uh, you know, the differences like between competing, you know, when y'all swam as opposed to competing now? I mean, I think the biggest difference is just the technology and suits. You know, they have these fast suits now that weren't really available back. So, you know, you could talk about that or just any other kind of big differences you've seen from, your time at Miami to present day? I think from reading the uh, newsletters, one thing is um, the way you all train um, from just weightlifting, like Teresa said, we use the universal gym, which are, you know, not much of a weightlifting. And then I think it was my, after two years, Teresa, were you there when we got to go into the Nautilus room where the football players would work out. No, I think Mike Scott got that going. Yeah, so then we got to go to the Nautilus room. And that was a classroom in the bottom of Withrow. That's when Withrow was still the field house. And we had to do that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at like, I kind of want to say at six in the morning, a quarter to six, because we had to be out of there before the men's team would use it or the football team would use it. And it was just a classroom and you would do one circuit around and then on the outside of the building, if I have this right, outside of the classroom, there was a pegboard we used. So we would, you know, <laughs> I hated the pegboard and the pull-up <laughs> rack. But I mean, and then we'd run over to Billings after we finished that and, and swim. So, um, you know, weightlifting, I think it's totally different now. Um, the other thing is nutrition. Nutrition, I was gonna say the nutrition too. Yeah, so we got out of the pool uh, in the mornings at 7.30. And you had to take an 8 o'clock class because then we had practice again at 2, I think. It was 2, yeah. So you had to have an 8 o'clock class, excuse me. And my 8 o'clock classes were all nutrition classes. But I got out of the pool at 7.30, and then I had to get over to the third floor of McGuffey in a half an hour. And, you know, of course, this was the early 80s, so we had to do our hair and all look nice. So I didn't have much time. So I would grab a orange soda and a bag of potato chips from the vending machine <laughs> in McGuffey Hall and take it up to my nutrition class. And my professor was just beside herself. <laughs> just like, this is what you're eating. I'm like, I have no other time and I'm thirsty and I'm hungry. <laughs> so. Well, because the dining halls weren't open like they are now. I mean, I, they were open a set time and then they'd shut down. And if you didn't get in there by that time, you didn't eat. Right. And, and then it would open. I want to say, I don't know if it was 8, 30, 9 o'clock, but it would shut down. And then you wouldn't get to eat again until like, say, 11 o'clock. And then, and then they only put out certain things that you could eat. And it was like 11 to 2 or something. And, and if you didn't eat at that point in time, then you didn't get food then right. until dinner time. Um, so the nutrition, I mean, it's, it is amazing when you sit and look at these, uh, do you have a nutritionist on the team? Somebody who works with them? Uh, not necessarily just for swimming and diving, but we do have nutritionists that work with the whole athletic department. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the other things I had down was, um, 
the academics because we didn't have training tables or, you know, like where they went and just sat and watched and made sure kids were on track. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and we just were on our own for the academics. Um, these kids, and I, I see your grade point, and there's so many of them that right. do so well. And, and we had good grade points too, but there were kids who struggled and, you know, they just struggled. Yeah. Yeah. Might have to sit out a semester or something like that because of their grades. So um, I think that's a big difference between now and then. Yeah. I was going to say it's, you know, doing all these podcasts and, you know, listening to all these, I'm doing mostly seniors right now. And I say like, how do you balance academics and athletics? And they, a lot of them kind of go back to the fact that their freshman year, they are required to do eight hours of study hall a week. And that is oh. a long way. And, you know, that's, I think that's a big part of why our GP yeah. point is where it is today. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, kind of more of like your fonder time of memories here. Like, what would you say are a couple of those, you know, either like with each other, like as a team as a whole during your duration or whatever it may be, like what made, you know, Miami so great for y'all? You know, I just love the campus and I love the people we were with. Um, When I look back on it, I really don't focus too much on the, the hard times. And uh, a lot of times I think the hard times get you through the, you know, make you better. Um, And I know we had them, you know, we would bond over some of those hard times, but um, I, you know, just walking to class or riding our, getting up in the morning and riding our bikes to morning practice. That's something I remember. Um, Walking in your showers, the showers, just while you're talking and you're, you know, you're in there in the locker rooms and, just all of that camaraderie that you do. Um, I think those kind of times and in practices when you were in, you know, in between sets, you'd say something to somebody else. Yeah. Um, you love just, kicking because then you could talk. Yeah, yeah. you could talk <laughs> while you were kicking. <laughs> you got yelled at, but you couldn't. Yeah, and I loved, um, you know, every winter we'd go down to Florida. And those were some yeah. of our hardest training. I mean, I remember, oh, it, we put in the yardage at that time and you know we're still trying to do find something to do to lift weights around town i think it was our soft my sophomore year so it had been your senior year when we went to venice florida we went to venice and it was so cold yeah and i mean i remember we were like and the men's team also went Mm -hmm. the same time and one morning practice we were in the water because he mike made us swim and the health department came the men were not swimming. It was too cold for them. Cold. And the health department came and said it was too cold for us to be in this pool and we had to leave practice. <laughs> yeah, those, uh, the, the, those, the winter trips were a good bonding time too. We had a lot of, you know, that was a good time. But yeah. Um, and then getting ready for the championships. I mean, I, I always thought those, the taper, they would always do some neat things when the, it was time to taper down. Um, yeah. You know, just all those things made it special. And I don't know about you, Kristen, if you still see the people that you, you know, um, get together with, but I get together with a group of them and we still, to this day, you know, are close. Yeah, I was with Julie and her family, Julie Hansen and her family. And she was on the one trip, she was on a couple of the Florida trips where it was so hard and her kids were asking, you know, what was she like? I heard she's soft. 
And I'm like, she wasn't soft. It, we, we got kicked out. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. It, it, those trips were hard, but a lot of fun. Be, and I think, like what Trace said, because they were hard, we bonded over that. Um, and it made it just that much better. Yeah, and just all the little things, that, you know, that you kind of forget as you go through. Um, like, I, you know, I do. I remember sometimes I'll just think about it and I'll think of walking to practice in the morning or when we left practice, how we would walk back and, you know, we'd talk about practice. Or like yeah. Kristen said, in the vans, you know, we didn't have all the other distractions <laughs> to sit and do, so we would talk. Um, yeah. Just all those things, I think, made it very special. And then I remember when we were at Phillips because of the dining hall hours and there must've been a class in Phillips or something cause we couldn't get into the pool on Mondays until late. So then we all ate as a team at Richard's hall maybe. I can't remember, but it wasn't cause I know freshmen ate at Harris dining hall. Cause hmm. you ate where your whatever dorm you were in, you ate at the assigned dining hall. But I remember Monday it was open late for oh. us and we could all just eat together on Mondays. So that's, I mean, that's awesome having that, you know, the whole team meeting together and the Florida trips, we you know I've definitely been the, with training trips a couple of times where it has been very cold. Uh, so, you know, we could definitely uh, relate to that here. Now, going back to Florida, did y'all always go to Venice every training trip or like it was a different place in Florida every time? No, my, our freshman, my freshman year, we went to Miami. I don't know where you went your first, my freshman year, freshman through junior year, we went to Miami. We swam at Miami-Dade South yeah. um, Community College, I think it was called, and we stayed in Miami. Yeah. And then when Mike Scott took over, he switched it to Venice. And, and then that's the when last we went with years. the men. Yeah. Well, we went and with the men every year as far as, I, as when I was there, we did. Yeah. And then the last two years, we went to Orlando. And the fun thing about Orlando is he would always let us have one day and we'd go to at Disney World. At that time, only Disney World was there. Um, but the other kind of cool thing was we worked out, our weightlifting was done at the um, Nautilus showroom. So the guy who invented Nautilus weightlifting lived in Orlando, and he let us come into the showroom and lift weights. And that wasn't so fun, but he, he, he was a weird dude, apparently, because he had <laughs> pet alligators. So he had a big, huge pit with all these alligators in it. Well, we thought that was kind of cool. So you get to go by the alligators before you go to weightlifting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's definitely different. That's definitely unique. Yeah. I remember back. that. <laughs> yeah, you remember it. That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, so, you know, those training trips, they obviously paid off with how successful y'all were back in your time in Miami. I mean, countless athletes to nationals and winning conference championships in your times as well. So what was the team culture like? I, you know, I, we were pretty close. I mean, everybody, um, everybody had each other's back. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, there was groups of friends within the team that were closer. Um, but I remember going, didn't you live one year in Talawanda? I lived there for uh, two years, my yeah, junior and senior year. Yeah. I remember going up to your room 
which was the coolest dorm. I, yeah, it was Spanish really was torn, torn down. I know. But, <laughs> so, you know, I think we were friends throughout the years, like not just the freshmen stuck together. I think the older girls always made an effort to bring the younger ones in. Yeah, I was going to say when I came in as a freshman, the, the older ones took you under their wing and kind of, you know, had you doing things, you know, come and do this, come and do that. And then as you got to know your group, you had your group of friends that were your, you know, your grade. Um, but you still had the other ones, the other, the other yeah. classes. And um, so it was, you know, I mean, we all seemed to get along. I'm sure there were some times, but, you know, it seemed like everything I thought was, I never felt like there was a problem. No. Um, that, you know, we just had a real good group of girls that had, a, you know, enjoyed each other and had a lot in common. So I see, like you mentioned, Julie, when I go to Chicago, we look her up. And so, you know, yeah. you still see her. Um, and, and some of them, like I'm still friends with on Facebook and things like that. Yeah. We even one year after, and I don't think you were there yet, but um, after we were over, we played, we had a softball team that we got together. And <laughs> we played softball in the rec league in the, um, like in the spring. And that was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't want me on your team for that. <laughs> no. And then another time, like uh, Kathy McCord, I know you interviewed her. She mm -hmm. was on that one podcast, but um, they had the 2020 bike race. And I don't know if they do that still now, but she got, it was always men did it. And we were the first group of, uh, we got four girls together that did the the bike race and tried to compete against the men. So, um, you know, they would do stuff like that. And at that time, I think we had a senior, McCord was a senior, I was a sophomore, and I think Ann Titus was a freshman when we we did the, that. So, you know, we didn't, we all just kind of got along. It was a, it was a real fun time. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I know, you know, kind of, off off the camera uh, she did say that that still does go on and would have happened this year but obviously with the world it is right now it's kind of hard to do yeah. thing you know in person so but i know that's definitely a plan of hers when everything is safe and you know we can socialize normally again i'm sure that's definitely in the cards and i get that going again uh so you know obviously we've talked about you know you guys both like miami for the campus and for the team uh, was that what made Miami stick out for y'all through like your recruitment process? I know Teresa, you are a local, so maybe you did perspective than Kristen did at your time. But yeah, just walk about like talk about that. Well, recruiting was done a little different, as I recall. Um, well, so as I, I recall, I wasn't, when we were there, there wasn't recruiting. From yeah, from I think I was maybe library. the first year um, that because Title Nine kicked in at seventy seven, yeah. I think. 77, 78. So you had, but you still had to write to the coach or you had to show interest in the school before they could show interest in you. And I don't really remember how I showed interest in Miami or not, but I know some other schools, like somebody from my high school had gone there. So then the coach could reach out. Um, so like I said, I, I thought Miami was right outside of Toledo. I, I don't know why I thought that. But I did. So when I, you know, Gray would call me at night after 10 o'clock because that's when the long distance rates went down. <laughs> and it, it was always hard because I was always in bed. So I'd get out of bed and then we'd talk. And so we made up a, a time to visit. And the day I went to visit was a Friday morning. Um, there was a huge snowstorm. So 
at the time, I, it took us probably five hours from Detroit to get down to Oxford because um, the speed limit was 55 at the time. Um, and we got there on campus and it started snowing really hard. And we walked around campus because I had a neighbor who went there. I met with her um, and just did a quick tour of campus with her and then left campus without ever seeing the pool or meeting with Gray. Because my dad's like, we got to get home. And I, it was a long, long trip home. So it, it was the campus in the snow is what made me want to go to Miami. Um, and just talking to Gray on the phone. And, you know, he was telling what great plans for the school was. And so I'm like, okay, I'm sold. <laughs> so that's how yeah, I see, ended up. See, and when I was um, in 1976, they didn't have scholarships. I mean, people just came to the university for school um, and they swam at a club or, you know, like I was from the Y and I just wanted to continue swimming. So that's why I reached out to Gray and then me going to the branch campus, I really wasn't sure if I could do that or not. But, um, you know, there wasn't, that, that recruiting didn't go on for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, think, I think the next year, was the first year that they gave scholarships and it was given to the, when I was a sophomore, it was given to all the incoming freshmen, um, except for Robin Chico got something and she got something. I don't know what it was, but you know, that's yeah. how it started. And then I think your group was the real group that came in with a, yeah. a lot more. They yeah. I think more. there are quite a few people mm -hmm. on scholarship when I came in. Yeah. When I swam like my freshman year, um, some of these girls, and I know they talked about this at the last podcast, um, but they had the Miami Marlins was the synchronized swimming. And I think they folded that. I didn't realize that till they started telling me yeah. that. But some of these women would come over from that and want to, you know, they swam, but then they did synchronize. So they did this. And, um, you know, I think a couple of them stayed on through Gray Wilson's era but then when Mike Scott came, he kind of started weeding out people that he felt, you know, wouldn't um, compete and wouldn't be part of the, you know, the, the swim team the way he wanted it to be. Yeah. Right. So I know a couple of them at my, in my class dropped out at that point when that happened. But um, yeah, nobody recruited <laughs> our, our, our era. <laughs> Yeah, you went. That's fair. That's fair. And like, you know, we're very lucky and happy that both of y'all chose to come to Oxford and spend your four years at Miami. Uh, so kind of my last question for tonight is, um, what's kind of your vision for the women's program and the combined program here at Miami? Like what, like what things would you like to see happen, you know, maybe inside or outside the water in the next, let's say five to 10 years? I, I, have been I think just the continue the growth and the success. Mm -hmm. Go on. Well, I was going to say, I, I just hope that with all everything going on in the world, they don't decide to make any cuts in that area, you know, that mm -hmm. they keep the program, um, that they continue that. I, I put on there that I like to see them continue. I mean, I always think they're a competitive force in the, you know, in the MAC conference. Um, the one thing I would like to see facility wise when I go there to watch meets and then I go into the locker room because I've gone in there just to see what it's like and that it's so tiny 
And I just think it would be really nice if somehow back by that, uh, I want to say at the far right corner, if they could extend that out and make a nice big locker room mm -hmm. for the women. I don't think there's, and you know, the coaches, is, that's a nice, they have nice coaches areas, but they need a bigger locker room. I don't know how you get your whole team in there. I mean, there's, there's not much room in there to be dressing. And then if, and I don't know if they meet in there, if they meet out on the deck, probably on the deck. Um, but it's, it's, to me, it's very tiny. Yeah, I've so. never been in the locker room. Oh, yeah. you need, next time you're in town, you need to go there. Right? Get somebody to let you in because it's, it's really cool. And they, your names are up there. For, uh, somebody yeah. took a picture of my name, so I knew that was there. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I have not been into the locker room. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I know it's it's definitely something that's in the works. You know, to kind of get a swim wing going on there with you know new offices and new locker rooms because you are right. Uh, those it's definitely it's tiny in mm -hmm. those locker rooms. So you know, hopefully that when you know if this building gets built here relatively soon, uh, they'll be bigger locker rooms and everything else. <laughs> what a facility though. You have got a, a really top-notch facility there. Um, yeah. I went in there and, and trained when I swam in this open water swim up in Chicago mm -hmm. and I had to train somewhere. So I went there and trained for the summer and just to swim in that was so nice. And, and you, the 50 meters, you could, and that's what I was doing in the summer. And, um, gosh to do to have a facility like that to you know to practice in and compete in it's just a dream it is compared to billings mm -hmm. and phillips i liked phillips a little bit better than billings because it was just brighter mm -hmm. billings was a very dark pool yeah i mean they said that on the last recording too and <laughs> we have um some kids on a team that their parents also swam uh like becca prangley's mom swam on the team and i mean i'm sure you know kurt at least lundgren mm -hmm. you know the, their son tristan's on the team so they they have told us the stories about both the facilities before and we're we're very lucky to have uh, the nixon aquatic center it's, it's hard to believe it's over 25 years old now it's, it's still it'd be yeah. brand new so we're very very lucky to have that awesome well, I mean, that's kind of all the questions I have for you. So uh, do any of you have like final thoughts or notes before we sign off tonight? Um, One memory I've put down that I don't know. Um, I think it was my, I think it was my senior year that um, you may not, may or may not know this, that we swam Ohio State at Ohio State and we were filmed by ESPN. So our, our dual meet was on ESPN. Now I never saw it because that was like 1982 and I didn't even have a microwave, let alone cable television. So, and it was probably on in the middle of the night, but I remember the, the thing that stu stuck out in my mind of the whole meet was that they made us like do this walk-in. So we had a walk-in single file and then go to the bench instead of like, you know, that was like, posed for the cameras for ESPN, 1982. So <laughs> Miami Women's Duel Meet was on ESPN. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I hope someone has, you know, maybe a VHS of that or a cassette or something. Like that would be really, really cool to kind of 
you know, like I said, I don't even, I don't, I didn't even know anybody who had cable to even, that was so new at the time. So. <laughs> That's fair. That does yeah. sound so archaic, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. I know. Well, I'd just like to wish you guys the best this season. And Absolutely. I'll get up and watch some, some of the meets. Um, I've been to, you know, I go to one or two a year. Mm -hmm. um, but just with everything going on, I just want you guys to have a great season. Yeah. It'll be a, a challenge for this year because of everything. But I'm sure everybody can make it through. Yeah. I mean, it's been going really well so far. And our athletes have definitely adapted to the new environment we're in now. And you know, I know we were talking about this before we went live here, but, you know, the fact that our conference meet has been moved from late February to middle of April now gives us that extra six to eight weeks that we missed, you know, beginning right. of the season to get in shape and, you know, kind of get ready to go. Because, I mean, as you all alluded to as well, the Mid-American Conference is very, very deep on the women's side with yeah. Miami, Eastern Michigan, Buffalo, Ball State, amongst others. It's very competitive. So, you know, having those extra six weeks would be beneficial. So, yeah. So, you know, obviously we would love for the both of you to come to some meets whenever we can get that going and, you know, maybe come support us in Ypsilanti uh, in the middle of April for a day or two. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, but thank you both for taking time out of your busy lives to join us tonight. And, like I said, you always have a home here in Oxford, or do you feel like coming back? All right, thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm.